Welcome to the Soul Journeys podcast. My name is Jennifer Longmore, and I am founder of the number one Akashic Record training school in the world. As a seasoned light worker and ascension worker, I want to bring you the show to provide you with the divine guidance and tools that you need as a light worker and change agent to navigate this great awakening. So if that is something that you're craving, then you have come to the right place. Think of this High Vibe podcast as your guide to the changes that we're seeing in the world so that you can be supported in navigating the new paradigm. Leave it to me to provide you with the divine tools, resources, and experts that will support you in navigating this once-in-a-lifetime epic event. Thank you for pressing play. Let's dive in. Welcome back everyone to the golden age or sorry the great awakening podcast (laughs) i had just done a golden age summit so i'm repeating myself so i'm super excited to introduce you to amy belair who is a mom she's a podcaster a magic activator she reads the akashic records and she's a spiritual and psychic awakening coach so she is really on a mission to deprogram humans that are ready to understand themselves at a deeper level. That sounds very star being-ish. That's something that I do as well, by calling people humans. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure that's why I was drawn to you. (laughs) Yeah. I sometimes, I don't know if this happens to you, but sometimes when I'm channeling and I don't realize it, I'll say, oh, the humans did this and the humans did that. And then I hear it, I'm like, ooh, that's a very star being thing to do. So... (laughs) I'm super excited. And just to give people a little backstory. So you've taken some Akashic Record training with me. And then uh, you were on the Tinfoil Hat podcast. And you just happened to casually mention that you had learned the Akashic Records through me or got connected to me through that. And then I got inundated with messages. And you got inundated with messages, meaning like you didn't, you didn't even know how big that podcast was. So you fortunately were established enough, like in your business infrastructure to be able to handle all of, all of the requests and so on. Uh, but then I thought, well, obviously the universe wants us to connect on a deeper level. So here we are, and I'm super excited to have you on the show. So welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited for this conversation. Yeah, me too. So we were chatting a little bit before the show about, you know, various things that were going on in the world and our take on that, especially through the Akashic Records. But before we do that, I think it would be great for people to hear a little bit more about what brought you to this phase in your journey where you're doing the work that you're doing now. Yeah. Okay. So, oh, I mean, I always like through my whole adult life, probably from about 16 onwards, certainly 18 onwards, um, have been navigating a spiritual awakening process and wanting to, I always wanted to be psychic. Like that was the way I described it to myself. And what that meant was I wanted to be able to help people find clarity that they couldn't find on their own around their human issues, their human experiences. And I kind of always knew that I could do that. Like it, it just wouldn't leave me alone. It was the thing that was always on my mind, but I had no idea how to access it. And so I sort of kept it on the back burner for a long time and tried to, tried to be normal ish (laughs) as much as possible and just get a regular job. And then um, I, I came into the profession of midwifery um, 
to receive beautiful new souls coming into this world. And it, it felt like a very spiritual calling. But in the middle of my program where I was becoming a midwife, I got pregnant with a, a beautiful child unexpectedly who was not destined to be in this world for very long. And he was born uh, preterm and he lived for 20 days and then um, passed away. And that was by far the hardest thing that I've ever been through. And yet it was one of the greatest gifts that I've ever received. He just kind of cracked open as trauma does. He cracked, cracked past all of my illusions that I had around myself and blew all of my chakras wide open and, you know, expanded my heart in ways that I couldn't have ever predicted. But he also indirectly led me to the Akashic records because I needed, I needed, needed, needed to understand why that had happened. I was really blaming myself and doing the very human thing of, uh, you know, taking terribly excruciating inventory of everything I'd ever done in my life, all the ways that I'd been, you know, um, a, a less than ideal person and played the bad guy in people's lives and caused pain and stress for people. And I wondered about my past lives. What had I done? I was just certain that I had done this to him. And yet he was such a gift to me. And I loved him so much that those two thoughts seemed completely contradictory. And I was like, he, he can't be a punishment and a gift at the same time. That doesn't make any sense. So I need to find an answer. And even if the answer is you're a terrible soul and you've done terrible things, I would rather know that and get on with my atonement, um, then just wonder forever. And I was listening to another podcast and heard, heard somebody talking about the Akashic records. And she said that she had learned through your program. So I went and Googled your program right away. Um, I knew that I wanted to be able to share this with other people. And so I signed up for all three levels of the self-study program. And um, the first question I went in with when I learned how to, you know, when I had gone through the whole program was, why did this happen? And the answer I got was so instantaneously healing. It completely lifted the whole burden of, um, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't erase the grief for the things that I truly have lost. So for example, I'll never see him grow up, but I won't ever hold him in my arms and hear his voice or his laughter. And so I, of course, feel grief for those things, but I don't feel, I, I don't feel like I've lost him. I feel like I just have a different relationship with him. It's a different kind of experience. And I also found that it had uh, nothing to do with me being a terrible soul. It was actually a really beautiful contract that we had all created together out of love um, for the, at his request for the advancement or the um, closure of an issue for his soul and it, like it just completely changed everything for me it alchemized it so that I felt um, completely free and full of gratitude uh, no more feeling sorry for myself no more feeling um, like anything tragic had befallen me and I knew instantly that I have to share this with people. I just have to get good at this and, and work at it and, um, you know, put, put the time into fine tuning my own vibrations so that I can receive and interpret this very subtle energy and information and help people to, 
access this healing modality as well. And so it took a few years then after that to, to do all that practicing and to um, work through my own residual past life wounds that kept me wanting to stay silent and small and hidden uh, and to step out there. But um, I've since started my business and started my podcast, which is about spiritual awakening. And uh, I, I don't look back at all. It's just been the greatest thing that's ever happened to me. Wow. <clears throat> I didn't even know that about your, your backstory. Yeah. So you did, you've done amazing things for me. You didn't know, but <laughs> yeah, you, you indirectly well, led I'm me to profound healing. Well, I'm, I'm super grateful. And I do know that the records have a way of calling people in, as you know, right? Yeah. I've been asked to be the steward for the system, but I don't actually have to do a lot of work. Whoever is meant to go through the harmonics that are present in this system will be called in. So I just let it go, right? I don't really actually focus a lot on, you know, I'm not actively marketing and I don't have metrics and I'm not trying to, you know, sell X amount of Akashic Record programs. It's just more a trusting and knowingness that whoever gets called in does. So I'm super glad that we got to connect about that because, uh, you know, that's, that's amazing because I'm more interested in exactly what you've done, right? Which is, I, I'm more interested to see the compound leadership that comes from what happens when you, for example, get activated in the program and now all the lives that you get to touch mm -hmm. as a result of being moved by this. Because that, that's kind of my preference with the program is that, you know, people can come in and have an experience and that's fine, but I would much prefer people coming in who are already focused on how can I, I like, I like the way I felt in the records, how can I share this with other people and allow them to have whatever the experience they're going to have. So thank you for sharing that. And now you've shared that you're, well, you shared with me before we started recording that you're expecting your third little nugget, which is pretty exciting. And also, well, I don't want to put words in your mouth. You can tell us how it feels to know spiritually why a soul would be choosing to come in while we're experiencing the great awakening and then the human part of you that's like, oh my God, <laughs> what, what must they be thinking? So, yeah. <laughs> so what has, you've got, this will be your third child coming in, right? You've had four children, but this yeah. will be your third child coming into the planet. So what kind of thought, because I'm sure there's a ton of people listening that have kids or expecting kids or or, you know, torn because they want, they felt really called to have children, but maybe they feel like what's going on in the world doesn't make sense right now. So what has this been like for you to be not only navigating your own journey, but then being a parent and knowing that you're carrying a lot of, another little, you know, crystalline being that's ready to, to join us? Yeah, well, I, it's, it's challenging, but I feel like my my son and all of my children are gifts in in ways I can't even describe. Um, the ex unique experience with my son Killian, who passed away, he's it's like the gift that keeps on giving because I keep gleaning wisdom from it that I wouldn't have had otherwise, and it's really helped me in navigating this turmoil. Insofar as he he really showed me you know, some of the 
reasons why a soul would choose to come to earth in the first place. Um, but also he showed me the continuity of life and energy and consciousness and the ways that I continue to connect with him. And he also showed me that the, the human 3D experience of loss is a real experience and yet it's not the only truth. So I kind of return to that because I do, my human self gets really worried. It gets worried because um, I'm not willing to receive an experimental medical technology <laughs> um, for the uh, fake assurance of safety that nobody can assure. Um, so I, I do worry, like, what if, what if they really turn up the heat? And my biggest fear is having my children taken away or not being able to protect my children. And that comes from a different past life too. So it's a very active fear in my, um, in my system that I constantly work on, but it's, it's still there. And all I can sort of return back to is the knowledge that we are each sovereign souls, particularly the souls I have the honor of um, being a mother to are very, very sovereign. And they're on their own journey. And that from the soul perspective, I trust that they have the you know, they have the strength and the metal for what they've taken on. Um, and the human, so I honor the human mother part of me that worries. And I can't, I can't really put that away. But I try to not let it be my dominant vibration, because I know what happens <laughs> when you do that, right? I try to put more or at least balance it out by putting my attention on the incredible power that they have. And, uh, the certainty that they have in their decision to come here and that, you know, they, they ultimately are very, very advanced beings that are not planning on getting uh, assimilated to any kind of <laughs> Borg mind or anything like that. Mm -hmm. Okay. We're going there. We're going to go deep. <laughs> I love that you're throwing out these terms because this is how I speak too. And for everyone listening, um, you know, I'm, I'm really intentional about who I invite on the show because I need to know that people are awake to what's going on and still able to bring it down and ground it. And there's a lot of people that are working in the Akashic records. And you and I spoke about this before we started recording, Amy, that not everyone who works in the records is willing to go there. Their dissonance is getting it and, and potentially their Stockholm syndrome and stuff is getting in the way of them just going in and being willing to, like I always say at this, this stage right now, we need to be looking at what are the questions I'm not willing to ask? And those are the questions we need to be asking in the records. So you mentioned about the, the Borg mind basically, which a lot of us are seeing the intention. I've been inside the vaccine and I'm sure you have as well to see what's actually encoded in that and uh, people are welcome, you know, like it, it is tough, right? Like talk about spiritual mastery when the human part of us is like, you know, stop complying, everyone wake up, what's going on? And then the other part of us has to honor the journey and that people are, have the exact level of consciousness that they're meant to have in this moment, even if there's others of us that are like, can you please just see this perspective, right? Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, what when you're going into the records and of course just tuning in in general what kind of things are you seeing for this year that we want to be mindful of for this year for the the near future um what i'm mostly seeing and it's fairly 
I wouldn't say it's in sharp detail. Um, I can see farther in the future in sharper detail. And I think it's because my human is scared. Um, but I am seeing like a, a greater, a greater dissonance. Like it's like the dissonance increases. Um, the, the heat keeps getting cranked up and more of us are feeling at odds with each other. Um, and it's, it's really challenging to navigate on the 3d level because it's with our loved ones. So it's not just with another group anymore that we like full stop don't agree with. It's like with our family and with our friends, people that we were previously close to. And that's really, really stressful. And it feels very high stakes. And it, in a sense, it is um, definitely here on the earth plane. It is on other planes. It's not, but we're, we're incarnated here. So this is our experience. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm, I'm seeing, so what, I, what I've received is that the bifurcation already happened. It feels like it completed itself on uh, the December 20th and 21st conjunction solstice portal. I wasn't expecting that at all. I didn't even really put any time aside to tune in except for like five minutes while I was doing folding laundry. I was like, oh, I should just go sit and clear my mind for five minutes. And, and I suddenly got this really um, significant download that the bifurcation of consciousness has completed itself. And now it's playing out on the 3D level, which is, always has lag and drag. And it's going to look so messy. And ultimately where we're going as um, a human consciousness is most, most of the souls who are incarnated here at this time really desire this ascension opportunity, um, just meaning returning to having higher levels of consciousness and access to higher dimensions of deliberate creation rather than default manipulated creation. And um, a lot of them still appear to be asleep, but they are, they have these um, like trip points encoded in their lives, in their life story, where that they're going to be triggered to awaken. And for some people it will even look like at the very last minute, but they've already had already decided that they were going to go in that direction, but there will be some who choose, who choose to stay playing in this realm of polarity and lower 3d consciousness. Um, and, and that's, that's okay. The hard part is that some of them are our loved ones. That's what's really hard. And so we feel like we're leaving them behind, but um, it's, they still have, you know, they feel like there's still adventure here for them. They're still learning and they're just taking a longer detour to return to that ascension point again. Uh, but on the 3d level, the way it's going to play out, what I'm seeing is we're having to take, um, you know, really intense inventory of all of our traumas, our collective traumas, our individual traumas, all of our shadow, like you said, the questions we don't want to ask and the things we don't want to look at that we've just been carrying with us for a long time, collectively and individually, because it doesn't match where we're going. And the only way to get there is to decide what we're bringing with us and what is not coming. And the only way to do that is to really look at it. And so we're having like, uh, you know, like all of our PTSD triggered so much of it. And I don't really know exactly how it's going to play out in terms of this year, but I'm expecting increasing 
And that's already seems to be what it's showing, like almost like it's increasingly like a circus sideshow of insanity (laughs) and just like becoming laughable and yet feeling like people can't see it and the frustration and, um, you know, having our, our very deep human root chakra fears activated to be dealt with basically in, in, so in Canada in particular, because that's where we both are, I see a lot of um, slow boiling, like like their, their strategy here is um, to slow boil the frog and uh, just keep cranking up the heat little by little, but nonetheless crank it up and that um, they're not really interested in letting us choose to opt out of things. Uh, so they're just going to kind of corral us into smaller and smaller boxes of more and more restriction, hoping that we will break. But there are a whole number of us that are just absolutely unwilling to um, succumb to that kind of pressure. So it feels like it's gonna be another intense couple years, um, but that ultimately the, the decision has already been made that the, the consciousness decision has been made to um, for most of us that we just are choosing this ascension timeline. Mm -hmm. Uh, Wow. Like that was, (laughs) that was really deep. And I want to circle back to a few things you shared. One is that with the split in the timelines, right? There's those of us that are choosing the Ascension timeline and those that are choosing the party planet, right? And whatever little party favors remain here for them. So how does that play out? Like practically speaking, if we're going to observe this as observers, what kind of things are we seeing? Like, how are we recognizing that, oh, that person's chosen a different timeline? What's, what are some markers to show us the difference? Like, I know for you and I, it's palpable, right? It's yeah. just so unbelievably palpable to see what timeline people have chosen. And actually, I would say even a lot of people that are awake to the agenda are probably straddling more of the 3D, 4D timeline. Like, yes. they're awake to it. Yeah but they're not maybe tuning into the energetics and some of the more, you know, malevolent beings that are here orchestrating it. And some of that other more like galactic stuff that people would probably think is pretty weird and out there, but how do we know who's choosing to kind of submit to the agenda and who has the potential, even if they don't appear to be awake to us, who has the potential to, rise to the occasion Mm -hmm. it so what I mean I'm so lucky I feel like it's it's strange in my personal life I'm I'm mostly surrounded by people who are really willing to submit um, with a couple of exceptions and in my um, online virtual life I'm surrounded by people who are have already chosen and I agree with you totally that even people who are awake to the agenda a lot of them are are straddling the 3d 4d timeline and I think that's why it's, it's going to look like a last minute choice for a lot of people, because ultimately what they're, what we're choosing between is, I mean, this sounds so new age cliched, obvious, but fear and love, really. Um, the fear of, the fear of what will happen if we don't, uh, versus um, that point that we get to where, you know, those of us who are ready to ascend are like, okay, well, 
kind of consequences be damned. Like I know where my power is. It's within myself and the, the place to access it is through the portal in my heart. And uh, through that, I sort of, um, all of this returns to a state of illusion or mirage and the stakes don't feel as high anymore. And I feel like right now, so many people still appear to be asleep, but it's like anybody who is, you know, willing to, willing to not sell somebody else out. And even those, like, I don't want to write them all off. It's really hard. I think it's really hard to tell because everybody's so individual, but the ones who like my dad, for example, I'm not sure about him. He's totally certain he's getting um, the, the vaccine, which we can't even really call a vaccine. So that's not what it is. Uh, but mm. the thing that is being masqueraded and presented as a vaccine um, and he totally just thinks this is about a virus, like for sure. And I don't understand it because he's a very intelligent person. But I feel like he hasn't necessarily chosen to stay in the 3D realm um, because he's not gonna, he, he's not about ratting anyone out. So even though he's afraid, he doesn't, he's not being taken into that point. Um, and, and I feel like those are the things that really kind of weigh us down when we can't let other people be on their journey at, at all. And we seek to interfere in other people's uh, trajectory and their free will choices. So anybody who's calling, you know, the authorities on their neighbors, um, you know, when they don't feel like they're being immediately threatened, it's different if your, your traumas are being activated and you feel like you're being immediately threatened. But for anybody who, who feels like they're on the side of the right and they're um, happy to, you know, <laughs> round up those of us who don't agree with their perspective, um, those are almost certainly ones who are choosing the lower the lower timeline. And the way that it looks to me too, and I don't know how literally to take this, uh, but this is just how it's presented is that at some point when the bifurcation really like completes itself in like on the earth plane, it's going to be sort of a shift that I always, I always interpreted as being like where the, where the fairy world went, so to speak, um, but the fae world where there's just this shift in vibration where we can't really detect each other anymore. So we're not having to necessarily leave here, but there's a, a higher, it's like the, um, you know, the white keys on a piano and the black keys on a piano, like they're just two different ranges of sound. So it's two different ranges of vibration and some of us who are really sensitive will still be able to feel the other realm, but um, the ones in the lower realm are probably not going to be able to feel us. Mm -hmm. I love that you brought up the tattling because that is so true. Like you're really committed. You, you've really pledged allegiance <clears throat> to your, your government essentially, right? And, and the 3D experience if you're choosing to tattle. Like that for me on a personal level is just beyond. Like I, mm -hmm. I don't know if people forget what happened in grade three when they tattled on their friends or pulled their friend's hair or whatever. Like that did not go over well, right? The fact that people would be doing that now and be convinced that it's a good idea to do so, right? Like they've, it's, it's astounding to me how easily, I mean, it is and it isn't because we know we send our kids to indoctrination camp six hours a day, five days, you know, like they've been taught to comply really well, right? So we've all grown up to learn. So it's amazing that people like you and I actually 
you know, cause I didn't, even in school, I didn't conform back in grade three. I would ask my teachers, what's the purpose of you teaching me this? How is it applicable when I'm an adult? And they didn't know what to do with that. Right. So I was already that kid, <laughs> but um, <laughs> I, I mean, I, I guess we can study and, and probably reasonably hypothesize how we got here. It, it's amazing to me how quickly they were able to literally route, like gather an unpaid army of law enforcement agents right, without a badge to go and police other people's behavior. It's really, and, and how how much people secretly want to be a cop, right? Like they yeah. really are enjoying this policing behavior. It's, it's really wild for me. I, I just think, and I know for you too, like you've got way bigger things to, to do. Like you and I are on a mission. I don't yes. need to be, you know, bringing my energy towards what little individuals are doing. It's like, I've, there's a bigger world of energy that needs to be shifted and humanity needs to be uplifted. Right. So I don't care what my neighbors are doing. I mean, I, I would care if they were doing really, you know, like crazy things, like very, very illegal, uh, harmful things. But other than that, like, I, I just don't even have the bandwidth to pay attention to that. But I, I love that you said that. Cause I'm feeling that too, like vibrationally, there's almost going to be like an immunity where we don't, we're just not on each other's radar anymore. Mm -hmm. Maybe, maybe those of us that have chosen the 5d timeline are almost going to have like a cloak of invisibility or something like that, where they're just not yeah. even going to see us. We're only going to be seen by people that need to see us or something. Is that what you're feeling? Yeah, that's what it feels like. It feels like um, we're really not in a, a physically separate space. It's just a, a vibrationally, separate space and by vibrational I mean like our consciousness but it also affects like the rate at which our physical um you know like our all of our atoms and subatomic particles and everything that makes up our physical form is vibrating as well it's just at a different rate so we're really yeah it's like an invisibility cloak cloak we're not detectable but also that we won't really even detect them either because they stop having an influence over us. As soon as we can really anchor into that um, understanding of our sovereignty, like deeply, they stop having an influence over us. And it was literally like you just said, like really not even having the bandwidth to notice what your neighbors are doing. Like you could care if they're having a bunch of people over in their backyard because spring is on its way in. Like it, it's kind of like that only in a, in a more, magnified all-encompassing way mm -hmm. but it's weird to straddle that about... well, I was just gonna yeah. say it's weird to straddle that place of like awareness of the agenda because it's not like that 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 not having the bandwidth to notice isn't the same thing as being asleep to it so it's like mm -hmm. it's it's weird to to be in that place of straddling like knowing the agenda seeing the agenda not hiding from it, but at the same time, constantly returning to that point of power where it doesn't really, um, it doesn't, it doesn't, I mean, it still affects us, but it doesn't change our self-determining autonomy. If, if those are the right words, I don't know. Mm -hmm. The guides shared with me that those of us that are choosing the 5D timeline in service to humanity, it's one thing to choose the 5D timeline. It's another thing to do it because you're staying because you want to try and usher as many people through. So they've shared with me that those of us that have chosen the 5D timeline in that in the spirit of what I just shared 
are are really protected like they really are insulating yeah. us almost like massive crystalline yeah. bubble wrap I yeah don't know if you're feeling the same way oh yeah I've been feeling that like as much as I'm you know the human part of me is having responses and I know you mentioned that too so I appreciate that because I don't want anyone listening or all of you listening I hope you can feel like we're you know we get it right it's it's very bizarre to have to process the human emotions and the human concerns and also still hold the spiritual perspective and hold the the perspective of future possibility and trying to focus on the highest timeline and the highest outcome right it's we're, we're pretty fantastic ninjas I think those of us that are doing this right like it's 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 a massive juggling act really but uh, I want to bring it back to family because uh, I forget about that and yet it's so important that we have you know my my dad's checking numbers every day he's very passionate about it he if if I was hanging out I can't even go there right now because he literally wants to report anytime there's a new number added because he's on it it's all, I don't know if he has like an alarm that alerts him or how he knows that there's yet another case at the case-demic that we're all going through, right? But he's on it and he's getting the vaccine. And my mom is aware of the agenda, but she's been with my dad since she was 18. And at this stage in life, I wouldn't be surprised. She hasn't told me and I, and I know she's t- not telling me for a reason. And I'm, I've already told her I'm not going to judge her and I can help her clear the energy around it if she chooses to get the vaccine. But I can see why she would choose it because she doesn't know a life without my dad. And, and I don't know that she can see what her life would look like without him. Like, I don't, I don't know that her heart has the capacity to be here without him. Mm-hmm. So I could see her choosing the vaccine and because, you know, most people, as you know, are thinking that life gets back to normal. I'm going to be able to travel again. I'm like, you're not going anywhere. No, you're not getting on a plane when you're dead. And you have no, you think you're doing this for your job. You have no job to go to when you're dead. So I'm not, <laughs> I'm not really understanding that. But anyways, you know, we have, I talk to people too, where I just think, well, okay, so how are you awake to the agenda, but you're still getting the vaccine? I, I mean, I can't even, that baffles well, me. How are you not aware to the agenda and you're not yes. getting the vaccine? You know what I mean? Like it's, it's. Well, I mean, with the election last year, which affected all of us, right? Yeah, already split so many people. Yeah. And then on top of that, we were fighting about race and whether race existed and all the stuff that came up around that and the psyops and the false flags. And then we were fighting about masks, like who knew we were going to be arguing over five cent pieces of cloth. And just all the stuff that happened last year. And then of course, the vaccines, the newest thing we all get to argue about. So how do we share space with people that are in our more inner circles when they're holding a very different perspective to what we're holding on to? Yeah. I, I feel like that, that is like, for me, it's one of the hardest parts for sure, because it's this, it's very similar for me. Like my dad is like totally into it. Totally. Like he has the COVID app. I even pointed out to him that if you have the COVID tracker app, uh, or tracer app or whatever it is, um, it only works for other people who believe in it. So it's not protecting you against anything. And he still can't see the logic in that. But my mom is much more awake to it. But similarly, they, they're they just two turtle doves. So it's, 
it's really challenging because I feel like I'm constantly censoring myself all the time to, to try to not, uh, you know, that ram it down their throats. Um, and yeah, I feel like, I feel like the big juggling act that, that ninja stuff you're talking about is, uh, like checking my own fear constantly. And my, the, the fear that I have that is like, you know, waking up a, a little like judgment beast within me um, of incredulity that others wouldn't see things for what they are or see things the way I see them and uh, keep trying to check it. And sometimes I do better than others, but I have, I've found like, I didn't consciously do this, but I realized uh, a couple months ago that I, I had inadvertently emotionally distanced myself from a bunch of people in my life. Not completely. I still love them, but it's almost like I understand that they're not, they're not coming where I'm going or they're probably not, or not right now. I I'm not sure, but um, there, there are people in my life where I'm prepared for them to probably die in the next few years. And it's not something I'm consciously ruminating on. I just sort of realized it a couple months ago, like, Oh, I'm expecting the very real possibility that you're not going to be around for much longer in, in my reality anyways. And that's, that's stressful and scary, but I mean, there's so much obvious psychological manipulation happening and emotional manipulation that from the, you know, the puppet masters, like they're, they're, they're taking a stick and stirring it around and all of our unhealed wounds and, just sicking us on each other and we are not each other's enemy that's the ultimate bottom line thing so even the people in my life who are not seeing it the way I'm seeing it they still aren't my enemy and they aren't a threat to me and sometimes I forget and kind of buy into that for a while but I keep trying to come back to the the remembrance that like I love them. And we are all being like so heavily messed with here, all of us, all of us. And I can't, uh, you know, I can't really smack them into seeing it the way I want them to. I just have to uh, hold the frequency that, that this, this ascension is available. This awakening is available to all of us um, and that maybe they will see it and they don't necessarily have to see it exactly as I do either. And, and that doesn't have to be a threat to me. Yeah. I've heard from some astrologers that it's already in the chart that everyone gets divided, right? Like families especially are being divided. So as I shared with you before this and everyone listening, if you're a new listener, you probably won't know this, but for those of you that do know that my husband and I are on completely opposite spectrums, but because I know it's almost like I use it as fuel, like, because I know, they're trying to divide us, not, they don't care about he and I, but you know, the right. energy of he and I, they're trying to destroy. So it's almost like I go out of my way to keep finding ways to elevate and, you know, make sure that we stay intact. And it, I'm telling you, like, it's next level mastery, right. To, yeah. to really, to prep, to walk your spiritual practice, to really, if you claim that you're going to allow, I don't mean you and I, but like all of us, if we claim that we're going to allow someone to have their own journey, like I've really had to allow him to make choices that are completely opposite to mine and still love him. Yeah. And I've always said that relationships are survive when you have love and respect, right? Love isn't enough to keep a relationship together, or at least the way that we know it. 
but the respect has to be there. So I, I go out of my way to really amplify respect in the relationship and require it from him, which he's good at anyways, right? But we really make a point of respecting each other every day. It doesn't mean we're perfect at it. Um, you know, I've been very clear with him that he doesn't get to call me a conspiracy theorist because I'm like, well, there is a conspiracy and it's against us. But is he'll say to me, well, how does someone with all this education you know, and, and an ability to research, come up with the conclusions you do. And I'm like, because I'm educated and I know how to research, that's how, you know, <laughs> but I also don't. So that's, that's offensive to me. So I've had to draw a hard boundary about that. Like, don't imply I'm following Q. I don't give a fuck about Q. Yeah. I don't give, you know, like where that all of that's a psyop that you don't get to, cause that's meant to be an insult and you wouldn't allow a stranger to talk to me like that on the street. So you don't get to talk to me like that. And then, you know, I don't call people sheep anyways, but anything that implies, you know, because how how he hears me doing all this research is that I don't think that he has the capacity to protect the family. So that primal energy he Mm -hmm. has of needing to provide and protect he what he hears, which isn't what I'm saying is that I don't trust his ability to keep us safe. That's not what I'm saying. But sadly, you know, women do lead in relationship, as you know, and we do have to be the hunter or the gatherers, right? So I'm having to say, do I have enough of the gatherings in my home? Do I have, you know, ample water? Do I have ample food? Do I have ample money? Do I have all these things? So it's been interesting, but uh, it occurs to me that we're very tribal by nature, right? So it's almost like all of the layers of tribes. So we have the nuclear family tribe or whatever family looks like, right? Whatever the household looks like. Yeah. Then you've got your extended family tribe that has to be divided. Then you've got your neighborhood, which has to be divided. Then you've got your town or your city. Then you've got your province, state, wherever you're living. Then you've got your country, you've got to divide. Then you've got to divide churches or like religion. Then you've got, you know, all the things, right? So they've been like, God bless them. They've really, ma- like their plan, you know, if, if we could run our businesses the way that they have planned us out. <laughs> yeah, it's right? very, the yeah. perseverance to the plan. The- <laughs> yes, yeah, they, they've mastered the long game. And I, I'm a Scorpio, so I feel like it helps me because I understand that long game strategy, that kind of like calculating long game strategy uh but that they've they've mastered the long game um it's it's you're right that's what they're having to break down and they're doing a really good job but but I feel like something happened too and I really don't know what it was but I feel like they did get thrown off of their ideal timeline and they're kind of like they're trying to accelerate things out of um, an energy of desperation is what it feels like to me so it's kind of coming across as more sloppy than what we're used to previously they were really good at flying it in under everyone's radar coding it into all of our entertainment media and our news media and, you know, all these little ways that we just sort of take it in and then we render it and, and create it through our own manifestations. Um, but lately, they're, they're much more brazen about it, but it doesn't feel, it feels like it's from an energy of desperation. So even in the, the United States with the, the, the attacks, well, in Canada as well, with the attacks on um, the right to use family gendered language and um you know like a a lot the the agenda to allow minors to choose puberty blockers or um 
sex altering surgery is to even to people who aren't awake a lot to a lot of them that just that feels wrong and you know even if they didn't previously suspect the government they can sort of be like how can a minor choose to alter their lives completely and that's okay and we don't need parental consent and we actually don't even um we don't even need a full psychological evaluation to do it (laughs) we just we just let them do it how is that right so i feel like they're making all these weird sloppy moves um but when you talk about breaking down those relationship bonds and those tribal community bonds it really reminds me of Harry Potter and the fifth, the fifth book. Well, I guess the, the final books where, uh, you know, ultimately like Voldemort wants to destroy love and all the love bonds. And the more that we can anchor into those love bonds, love for ourselves primarily, and then returning to love for each other and respect, like you said, like if, at very least mutual respect, um, they're really, they're limited in, their ability to push forward this agenda that they have. Uh, They need us to break all of that down and fight with each other and see each other as the enemy rather than the man behind the curtain. Um, And it's, it's like we've been given the answer on how to do it. It's just, it is hard to walk your, your spiritual talk. It's, but it's important too, right? Like I would never want to just sit here and, and talk about all these things and then like, just be a shit to my family and, um, really disrespectful to them but it is it's like we're really being <laughs> we're we're being called to the next level basically of like okay okay you you've integrated these concepts now can you live them out in your day-to-day life under immense pressure of fear and trauma triggers left right and center mm-hmm. yeah that's so true so as light workers you know I talk to some light workers and they are just wanting to kind of be a turtle, right? Poke their head out occasionally, pull their head back in occasionally. And then there's people like me that are out there, you know, finesse. I, I finesse the system. I'm not, you know, I'm not some angry mob person. I don't mean that any of them are, but I'm, I'm mindful of the optics. And so I'm wanting to make sure that because people can attack you and I for being weirdos and being into all this weird stuff, I'm mindful of carrying myself with a certain degree of power and grace, I guess you could say, as I'm communicating what needs to be communicated so that I am taken seriously. And so I'm out there a lot. And as much as I'd like to sloth it up, I just don't, it's not really in my nature to hold back. And that's why this podcast was born because I was like, I need to get information out there to people. But as light workers, you know, there's, we're all handling it differently. And so I feel like there's times where we want to just contract and, and extract ourselves from all of this and just live in a bubble. But most times we're wanting to do something and it feels like there's so much to do. There's so many different avenues to get involved in. How, how do we show up right now? What's the best way we can be a contribution to the collective during this great awakening? I think the number one thing is a willingness to like deal with our own trauma and to, to ask those questions that are uncomfortable and look into the stuff that, because those are all 
you know, they're currently hanging around in our blind spots and therefore they are perfect tools um, by which to subjugate and manipulate us. And, but also just for the sake of the collective, you know, airwaves, so to speak, cleaning all of that stuff up and we can only clean up our own um, cleaning all of that stuff up is a huge, tremendous act of service, whether it's under these circumstances or not. So I feel like that is the number one, like just cleaning up our own yard, um, which is also something I remind myself when I start to feel like I want to, you know, wake other people up that I love. And then, and then I'm like, mm, you probably have more work to do of your own anyways. So you just leave them alone. Um, but then also, I think we're all coded as light workers, we're all coded with a mission and we know what it is. Like I always knew that my mission was to help provide clarity for people. I couldn't really figure out how to do it for a long time. And then the, the, the activation arrived and, and so now I can do it. But that mission was always there and it was always accessible to me. And now more than ever, it's really, we're really being given the opportunity to step forward in our power and shine and really not care what anybody thinks if they think we're weirdos or they think we're crazy or we're irrational for leaving this job or starting this business or, you know, using this language, talking about these things, whatever. Clearly most people don't know what's up anyway, because they're, they think this is about a virus. <laughs> so, so who cares if they think those things about us? So anybody who's still playing small in any way, I feel like, you're so needed. Like there's a reason you came here. There's a reason that you came, you are needed and you are wanted like the whole higher dreaming mind of the human and beyond oversoul collective consciousness, like has called you here. You felt the summoning and you answered that call and you're here to, to have an influence in whatever way, is resonating in your heart and soul and you know what it is. So just step into it. If you haven't already just step into it. And if you have just keep doing it loud and proud and know that there's no, this is not the time to back down and hide. Although it is okay to retreat and take care of our energy, but that uh, overall like hiding out from it is not helping the situation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I feel like it creates resistance too, right? Because if we are called to to do more. And this isn't a judgment of any of us, right? Like when this first happened, I was like, okay, I need to not only go into my records, but I need to consult my astrological chart because I want to make sure that every last ounce of the orange is squeezed out. Like whatever I came here, like whatever right. needs to be shared a hundred percent, I need any missing pieces. I don't, I don't want there to be any lack. I want to be pouring into people from the overflow. And, um, and I feel like, and so that, that was a great feeling, at least in spite of all the yucky feelings to know that I was just really showing up on my mission. And for those people who I speak to that know they're not, and they feel immense amount of guilt and shame and judgment around that, which they shouldn't, but they do, that just feels like a wet blanket. And that just creates more resistance. And then resistance creates more hardship because uh, we start to, you know, swim and shame soup basically right it's hard to get out of that it's almost like sticky molasses mm -hmm. so that feeling isn't going to go away if I'm hearing you correctly until we really just step into the mission yeah I mean I I and swam sure in that shame soup for 
Yeah, I, I swam in that exact same suit for a long time because I didn't, I did, I was the only barrier to myself. I did not give myself permission to just start where I was and make it a priority and practice and learn. And like, like I said, you know, the activation came when it came, but I also think I could have been doing this before. It was me holding myself apart from it. And uh, if I, you know, when I get to the end of this life, I know I'm here on a mission. I don't know that everybody, every single human is, but those of us who consider ourselves light workers are here on a mission. And the idea of coming to the end of this unique life with this unique avatar and all these circumstances I was born into with all these abilities I brought forward, um, you know, like psychic or otherwise, if I die and I feel like I wimped out in any way, I'm going to be so angry with myself I'm going to be so angry like all I want is to fulfill that mission so now's the time (laughs) yeah that's my been my filter too like if I look when I look back on this when I'm 80 am I going to be proud of how I showed up Mm. even in the discomfort even when I wanted to hide Mm -hmm. and like you said it's cool to retreat you know there's times where I'm like I just need and it's hard for me to sloth it up for me to literally do nothing to the point where I'm extremely bored, but I know I need that for my energy field, right? At, at times. But uh, just like you said, like we wouldn't, we wouldn't be here taking up space. Our soul knew to send us here for this exact moment in time because we already were fully resourced and we already, well, we hold a piece of the puzzle that only yeah. we can bring to the table, right? So the puzzle yes. gets completed if we show up and play the role. That's exactly what I found in the Akashic Records too, is that none of us has the whole entire truth. And that's how it's, that's just how it works here. Um, But we all carry a piece of that, the puzzle that completes the picture. And the more we just bring it forward in our our full power and authenticity, you know, the the more we benefit the collective. So, and nobody else carries our particular puzzle piece. So that's ours to steward and to, um, to cultivate a relationship with, to understand and to share. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we could talk forever, but I know that uh, the, the, I mean, we probably should do this all the time. <laughs> yes. There's just so much to unpack. Right. <laughs> but I know that you have your own podcast, which you'll share with us in a moment. And then additionally, how else people can get in touch with you to keep hearing all the, the wisdom bombs that you're dropping. Yeah, so I have a podcast called Third Eye Awakening. Um, It's really about, it's devoted to spiritual and psychic awakening. I occasionally go off on random rants, but mostly I have conversations, fascinating conversations with everyday people who also are uh, in some process of awakening to this reality being, you know, much more than we've been taught and honoring how unique that journey is for everyone, honoring that it's really beautiful. And it's also really painful and alienating can make you feel like you're crazy. Um, So that's what that is all about. And then I have a Facebook group called soul space, where it's where I tend to show up the most and just go on random rants (laughs) and and drop these uh, insights that I get. Um, And then I also have uh, an Instagram called the North star dot love where, yeah, I, I mean, I show up on Instagram when I feel like it basically. So sometimes it's a lot and sometimes it's like two or three weeks go by before I post, but um, there I'm always going with posts. I'm guided to share rather than uh, you know, 
posts for the sake of, you know, content and algorithms or anything like that. I love it. Well, I'm really grateful that you joined us today. I know we're going to carry on the conversation and I've already got some ideas brewing about what we can do next. So excited to have you back on and razzle dazzle everyone that's listening. So thank you for being here. Thanks to all of you for being with us today. I would love to hear how this served you and uh, we'll see you again next time. Bye for now. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. If you absolutely loved what you learned today, I would love for you to share with your friends by leaving a review so that more people can learn of the show and be impacted by the information we're sharing here. If you aren't already following me on social media, be sure to follow me on Instagram and Facebook by searching for Jennifer Longmore. And I'd also love for you to visit my website, www.souljourneys.ca and claim your free soul acceleration system while you're there. You'll become a VIP recipient of my ever popular daily messages from the Akasha delivered to your inbox each day. With love and namaste.